Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Before we get started, thanks, Ben. Why don't we thank the worship team? Thank you so much. Beautiful. Um, I just want to release something prophetically. I feel... Um, is, is for a bunch, I think, like, I, I shared it this morning in our 9 a.m. service, because I, I feel like this is a corporate prophetic word, <sighs> and I feel like this is for, um, a, a, there's a demographic of people, there's a bunch of people that this applies to, so please receive this if this is you. Um, so I've been trying to get a little bit more healthy lately, and I've been trying to, on a Tuesday night, we have prayer meetings here at church, and so after I finish, you know, after I clock off from work, I then, because I work here, I go across the road to the gym, and I quickly work out, and then I run back in time for prayer meeting. And so in our office, we have this tiny little cubicle. It's like a toilet, um, but it's like, it's really, really tiny. Like, we have this rule where you can only pee in that toilet. You can't do number twos because you can hear everything, you can smell everything. It's just, it's not pleasant at all. I'm talking like super, super small stuff. And so I was getting in, I got in there and I'm getting changed and I'm trying to spray myself with um, this beautiful cologne that Vanessa bought for me. It's a really special cologne. And I'm, I'm spraying myself with it, trying to mask the, the gross um, smell. And as I'm doing it, I'm shuffling around this tiny little space. I dropped the cologne on the floor, shattered all over the floor. So I was like, that was shattered. My heart was shattered. It was terrible. But then in the same moment, this beautiful fragrance fills the air. And, um, and, and something really cool happened as well. The following, it was my birthday last weekend. And uh, one of my good friends, Carl, wherever he is, he bought me, he was in the other room. He heard, like I said, you can hear everything from that cubicle. So he heard me drop it and he, his heart was also shattered. So he actually bought uh, me a new um, cologne, which is really beautiful for my birthday. And who knows that? What, what is lost, the Lord restores. Can I get an amen? But what I wanted to remind us is this. This is the prophetic thing I wanted to release, and I feel like we really need to receive this. It's that just remember that He takes what's broken, He takes the broken, and He makes something beautiful. That is the nature of our God. He'll take what's broken. Like, that is the salvation story. There's, there's people that are getting baptized this morning, and they, 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 they have had broken, they all have broken stories, and, and they're probably still broken people. We come, to, today when we come to church and we worship Jesus, we don't come proclaiming that we're perfect people. We come acknowledging that we're broken people in need of a good God. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. So if you haven't encountered the kindness of God, you need to. I encourage you to explore His Word. Get to know people that love Jesus, and you'll be convinced that uh, this thing is it's legit. It's, it's really beautiful. So He takes the broken and makes something beautiful, and He restores what was lost. So if you feel like things have been lost in this season, if you feel like things have been stolen from you, I want to remind you, God is the God that te- the enemy meant for destruction. God turns around for our favor and our goodness. And, and the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to bring life and life to the abundant. Everybody say, abundant life. Abundant life. Abundant life. So I just wanted to release that. That's, that's not a part of my message, but let's get into it. I need two volunteers. 
that love chocolate milk. Do you like chocolate milk? Doey, let's welcome Doey. I need a second volunteer. Yes, come on down. We got two chocolate milk lovers. All right, come on down. Very good. Louise and Doey. All right, Louise, if you can stand on this side. Doey, if you can stand on this side. It's a chocolate milk drinking competition. However, there's a bit of a twist. Louise, you'll be drinking out of a beautiful cup. Can you hold the cup for me? So this is uh, 30 seconds. 30, you've got 30 seconds to drink as much as you can. Uh, Doey, so you'll be drinking out of a lovely milkshake cup and straw. Doey, you'll be drinking out of a plate with a fork. All right, who reckons Doey's got what it takes? <laughs> All right, let's see. Who reckons Louise is going to take this home? All right, what's up for grabs is this. For the rest of the month, you get free coffees and beverages from the cafe. Free. Uh, so that should just, I think you got like another week left on that. So, all right, beautiful. Are you guys ready? Help me count them down. You ready? Three, two, one. All right, let's see what you got. Come on. Go for it, go for it. Oh, no. Don't you're going to have to lick it up from the, the, the table. Come on, Louise. Uh, Louise has got it, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't we congratulate them both? Thank you for participating. I appreciate you. Louise, I, I want to congratulate you. You now have free um, beverages from the cafe for the rest of the month. Beautiful. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Okay. The point of that silly illustration is to remind us that there is a right way, a perfect way to enjoy a milkshake, to enjoy your chalky milk, right? There is a perfect way. Everybody say a perfect way. There is a perfect way. And I've heard people in this last season ask questions. I mean, people have been asking this for a long time. People ask, maybe they've asked you as a believer, they ask this question, why doesn't God make the world a better place? Why doesn't God make the world a better place? You look around, we've had, we've had bushfires, we've had, you know, all sorts of stuff this year. I don't need to label this year. There's been a whole bunch of stuff happening this year. Um, why doesn't God make the world a better place, Right? Let me remind us as believers that he actually, he actually made it perfect. He actually, in the beginning, he made this, this world perfect. And every time we step out of his original intent and his perfect design, we warp and corrupt that perfect, better world. He actually created this world perfect. Remember the story of Adam and Eve, right? You know, the, the world is perfect. It was beautiful. And then the sa in the same way that Adam and Eve traded it up for this, for this fruit, we give up His pure and perfect will for a, with, uh, for a brief and fleeting short-term pleasure. That's what we do. But here's the thing. Let me remind you, He has a greater plan at work. That greater plan, it's going to require faith. It's going to require vision and persistence. It's going to require vision and courage and humility. But, but it's there and it's happening. And so this message that I want to share with you, it's a short one. But I, I pray that this morning, I believe it's for those being baptized. I, I, want, I feel like God wants to remind us of what we're being baptized into. And even for those of you in this room that are believers, hands up, nice and high if you're a believer this morning, if you believe in the Lord, awesome. So this message is for you, and I also believe this message is for those that do not yet believe. And I hope that 
today's message might even reveal to you that you may find yourself aligning with the message Jesus preached more than you think. And so let's jump into it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to share, I'm going to, yes, we, I got a confession to make. This, this is my third wedding ring in three years. I just thought I'd get that off my chest. But the, but the reason I'm bringing that up is I believe there's something I want to talk to you about today, that I believe this thing we're about to talk about is it's a, it's a statement to the identity that you have in Christ. The same way that this ring is like a statement to a part of my identity. Like, without this, people don't really know I'm married. People don't know that I'm off the market. People don't know that I've, I got married three years ago, okay? And, and so Vanessa keeps buying rings for me. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But, but in the same way, I believe that there's something that actually sets us apart. Jesus actually shows us in Scripture that there's something that actually sets us apart of this world, from this world. And so if, if we're not living with this, we actually... I think it, it can get very messy. So we're going to look at two stories this morning. Um, they, they go right after each other, and we're reading from Matthew chapter 17. So if you want to open up to Matthew chapter 17, if you've got your old school Bibles, if you've got your new school Bibles, you can ask Siri to do it for you. Matthew chapter 17. Beautiful. So we're reading from verse 1, and um, this first story is a story about Jesus um, hanging out with three of his 12 disciples. So he's, he's taken three of his 12 disciples and he's ascended up onto a mountain and he's spending time with them and it, it, something really crazy happens. So Matthew chapter 17, verse one. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. Transfigured means transformed. Something about his appearance actually changed in that moment. And it goes on to tell us what, that, what, what changed. It says, His face shone like the sun, and His clothes became as white as the light. Imagine that happening. Imagine being there, and Carl starts glowing right now on his seat. Like, that would freak you out, and you're like, this guy is not from around here, right? And, and that's what was happening. Jesus was... <laughs> Jesus was revealing himself to his disciples in a way they had not yet seen him. God requires us to see him in, in the way that he ought us to see him. Like God is revealing himself in a fresh way to us in this season, right? And so he begins to glow and it says, There appeared before Moses and Elijah, sorry, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, dead people talking with Jesus. And so Peter starts to freak out and he says to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, at a side note here, this speaks largely to the fact that we as humans like we naturally default to creating religion and routine around something that happened that was incredible, right? And in this moment, God was doing something fresh and beautiful and amazing to give him a glimpse into what's possible. And they just, they wanted to create something with it. They just wanted to stick there and stay there. But God is doing a new thing every day. So to flow with him. So that's just a side note. But it continues on, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, a booming voice, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. This would have been like scary 
This is full on. This is a radical encounter. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came up and touched them, and he said, get up. Don't be afraid. Then they looked up, and they saw no one but Jesus. And the story continues a couple lines down in verse 14. And we actually see the disciples descend from the mountain. Those three with Jesus descend from the mountain, and they, they join back up with the other nine disciples. And the other nine disciples are trying to cast out a a demon, and they're just struggling, even though they've been given authority to do so. And it says in verse 14, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Then Jesus says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that very moment. And so the disciples came to Jesus in private and they asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? And then Jesus answers them with this. He says, because you have so little faith. Everybody say, little faith. So little faith. And then he continues on and he says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus is implying that their faith was smaller than a mustard seed. Little faith. What's going to set us apart in this world? What's, what will mark us as his people? What empowers us to move mountains? Faith is the answer. Faith is actually the answer. Faith is like the wedding ring to your salvation. Faith is like, it's, it's a statement to the identity we have in Christ. Faith is the answer. Hebrews 11.6, let me remind you, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God. So two questions you may have, right? If faith is the answer, if faith is going to see this world become a better place, if faith is what it takes to see people saved, then I think question number one is, what is faith? Okay. I just want to remind us that in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, now faith is the assurance. Everybody say assurance. assurance. It's the assurance of things hoped for. And the conviction, everybody say conviction. Conviction. It's being convinced of what you don't yet see. Sal, come jump up on stage with me. Why don't we welcome Sal to the stage? Beautiful. Turn around, my friend. Turn turn around. Okay, we're going to do a trust form. Now, Sal cannot see me. He can hear my voice, but he cannot see me. He's got to trust I haven't invited him to fall just yet. But he's got to trust in who I am that I would not let him fall. Okay, so Sal, I'm going to invite you to fall in three, two, one. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, Sal. Now, Sal in that moment trusted me. He had faith. He was convinced and assured of things not seen. Okay, so then the second question naturally would be, well, how do I get this faith? How can I have faith? If faith is what sets us apart, how do I have this faith? Because faith is is quite like it's a Christianese word, okay? What is this faith? How do I get it? Well, think about it. We, We read these two stories for a reason. Story number one, 
a story about how Jesus and three of his disciples ascend this mountain and have this beautiful mountaintop experience. And, and it's, it's mind-blowing. Jesus starts to literally glow in front of them. And then you've got the remaining nine disciples at the, at the foot of the mountain struggling to cast out a demon for which they had been given authority to do. And so there's this contrast. And Jesus says, you nine disciples, you didn't have faith. Faith can only come when you know Him. When you know who Jesus is, what He represents, we must encounter Jesus to have faith. We must know Him, know His Word, know His character and His ways. If you know His ways, then a trustful, even when you find limited evidence to believe, even when you're standing and you're looking ahead and you're like, God, I have no idea how you're going to lead me through this. Like there's, there is no sane way to look at this right now and to plan for this right now. But I trust in you. I know you wouldn't let me down. I know you turn all things around for the good of those that love him. I know your word. I know the type of God that I serve. So I can be assured. You know, you won't be assured in the person that you don't know. If, I, if we've never met and I invited you up on stage, you might have some reservations about falling backwards on me, okay? When, me growing, when I was, I had a beautiful, I, I love Christmas. Christmas is around the corner, people. There's only a couple weeks left, okay? Only a couple weeks. But I, I love Christmas and growing up, my parents would, they were very cheeky. They're still very cheeky with their Christmas present giving. And the, I remember this one time, super memorable moment, in my childhood, I remember sitting down for Christmas, and we're about to unwrap the presents. We get handed our first present, and I, st- I begin to unwrap the present, and in that moment, I, I'm a little bit confused because my first gift is a bicycle helmet. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Why did my parents buy? I didn't ask for a bicycle helmet <laughs> for Christmas. And here's the thing, right? I... My, my reaction to the gift that was given to me depends on who my parents are, right? Depends on who my parents are. Do they like playing torturous tricks on me or are they the best parents ever? And um, they're the best. <laughs> so unwrapping that gift, all of a sudden I've got like this, there's like a, a, like a faith that's stirring within me, drawing me to this expectation for a bike, and all of a sudden, I've finished unwrapping this helmet, and mom and dad come around the corner wheeling three bikes in for all the, the boys when we were growing up. And, and we were blown away, but also we kind of expected it. In the same way, guys, in the same way, God is doing things, and maybe you can't see the full picture. But that's actually what sets us apart. Um, the testing of our faith produces perseverance. And he's calling us as a church to be a perseverant church. And, and I think something that, you know, in the third world churches, they have a lot less than us. You know, if, if people are sick and dying, they don't always have access to, you know, medicine and beautiful hospitals. If, if you know, there's, there's not much welfare in third, third, um, third world countries. There's a lot of things that we kind of take for granted that they don't have. And so they're kind of forced to, to enter into a whole new realm of faith. And I think that 
this year has done something to the church where it's kind of shaken us up to realize that, hey, like we weren't supposed to live this Christian life without faith. In fact, it's faith that sets us apart from this world. In fact, when the world goes through a year like this and they lose their peace, it's us having peace that'll set us apart. It's us having joy that'll set us apart. It's us having love that'll set us apart. And it's impossible to have these things in a world gone mad when you don't have faith in the one who holds you. God holds each and every one of us when we let him. He's beautiful, isn't he? He's a good God. So the question is, what is he calling you to have faith for? Maybe seeing friends and family saved. Maybe seeing the world become a safer place. Seeing injustice made right. Maybe finding your calling, finding the right job, passing an exam, becoming more bold, more confident, overcoming fear and anxiety, being used by God to see people meet Him. Whatever it is, the key is faith. Why don't you remind your neighbor, the key is faith. The key is faith. So coming back to that question, why doesn't God make the world a better place? Why doesn't God make the world a better place? Well, let me remind us once again, He did and He does. So He did first by sending His Son as an example. Jesus is a standout figure in all of history. This is where we get faith to believe what is possible. I had another message I was thinking to preach, but I didn't end up preaching it. But something really cool about the life that Jesus lived is that He's like, He lived a life like we've never seen before. But He also, he, He's not... He's not the lid. He's actually the platform, right? So he, he says, so we're not, we're not limited to what he does. We're actually, that's like our minimum requirement for a believer. It's kind of crazy. And, and he says, uh, these works and greater things will you do. And it's, and it's pretty insane. So I, anyway, that's another whole story. But this is where we get faith to believe what is possible. He did. He's making the world a better place through His Son. And secondly, He does, because He does make the world a better place by sending you to continue the work. You know, in, in Mark 16, Jesus, He commissions the disciples. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they're going to drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not turn them ill at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Talk about like an otherworldly type people. And then after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, I mean, that's, that's a big, he's just, he's given them something massive right? He's, he actually passes the baton on to us in that moment. Because in verse 19, it says, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat. Everybody say he sat. Jesus right now, his job's over. He's sit, his job's over for now. He's coming back soon and he's going to come back on a white horse and it's going to be crazy. For those of you that don't know about that, you've got to read into that stuff because it's going to be a wild. But he's seated in heavenly places, right? And he's seated there also to remind you where you're seated. You're actually seated with him in heavenly places. But his job is done. He's passed the baton to you. And when people ask you, why doesn't God make the world a better place? Let it be a challenge to you that it's time for us to turn the lights on. 
He says to you, you are the light of the earth. You are the salt of the world. You make the world taste good. You make the world shine bright. You, 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 where things are not clear, you bring clarity. That's the mission that He's given to you. He sent you to continue the work, to make the world a better place. And so there's, there's, too, much exte- there's too much at stake to not have faith as believers. How does faith come? When you know the Lord. And so He's inviting us to know Him. He's inviting us to restore faith in Him again. We need to be sent in faith, eyes on Jesus from mountaintop moments, empowered to do something about the calling we've been given. So, let me bring it to a close. For some today, baptism will be one of the steps toward greater faith. Obeying Jesus by being baptized publicly is a public declaration of what you believe. For others, we're also um, this morning inviting people to be baptized in fire. So for those of you that don't know what that means, um, we're not burning anyone, I promise. It actually is just, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit, God Himself, to fill believers this morning. For some, it might be the very first time, and others, it may be just a fresh, that God would fill you. And, and you know what? We can't live this supernatural life without God within us, okay? And still for others, you need to go home and open up your dusty Bible and discover the person of Jesus, that's where you get faith. You know, the, the Bible talks about how the mystery, that was a mystery for ages. You know, through all of history, there's been, there's been many religions, you know. Like Christianity, we know Christianity. It's not a secret that Christianity isn't the first religion. We're not claiming that. But what Jesus came to do was to reveal the God that man was pursuing. People pursued God or a creator for, for generations, crying out because we want purpose. And we didn't know, we, God, even, even to the Jews, God was still veiled until Jesus came to fulfill and reveal to us the mystery of God. So if you're looking for faith, if you want to know the type of God that you're putting your faith in, read about Jesus. When you read about Jesus, you'll have faith to know that it is His will to heal, that it is His will to restore, that it is His will to resurrect people. And lastly, there may be a few here that have yet to take that first step in saying yes to Jesus. You may be sitting there and you're that one, that person that asks, why isn't the world a better place? And when you hear that this life of faith is actually about seeing, because you know, Jesus taught us how to pray and this is what He said. He said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Holy is Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is perfect. It's beautiful. It's filled with peace. There is no injustice. There's no poverty. There's no, there's, there's no suffering. There's no brutality. There's no abuse. And the, the charge of a Christian is to be one that brings heaven to earth. And if you hear this message and you're like, hey, I can get in on that. That's me. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says if you confess in your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus and Lord, you shall be saved. And you're going to join in on this, this mission that we've taken on as ours. And you're going to see the world become a better place. Maybe today your first step is to give your life to Jesus in faith and follow Him. So who knows? Maybe you're in one of those four brackets, but I'll leave that up to you. Why don't we bow our heads? I'm going to pray. And then we get into some really cool stuff. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you, 
You are the one who gives us the gift of faith. We thank you that you're a faithful God in whom we can trust. And I just pray that even now by your spirit, you would, you would open the eyes of our heart to see who you are in a clearer way. Father, you would restore faith to people where faith has been broken, where expectations have not been met. Father, I, I pray right now that you would stir a faith within us that will burn through it all. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. been listening to the ggc life podcast we hope this message has encouraged you for more please visit our website ggclife.com or email us gglife at ggclife.com from our house to yours be blessed